We at Drunken Outsiders are a proper age to drink. We do not condone or approve of any underage drinking or any driving of sorts while under the influence. Please enjoy our episode. So here we are. Back again. Yep. Yeah, it's us. So I am your host, Ryan. And I'm your other host, Devin. And we are the outsiders. <laughs> the drunken of stories. The drunken out. What? <laughs> the drunken variety is what I meant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I you said the drunken of sorts. Wait, I did. <laughs> okay. So yes, we're the drunken outsiders. That's us. <laughs> and today we're covering the Boston Strangler. Uh, before we get to that. Let's go over what we're drinking today. Oh, okay. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. Well, I kind of forgot to pick something up, so I stopped at the uh, station of gas on the way here. Mm. And I picked up uh, Twisted Tea Peach Flavor. Mm, nice. Because there wasn't really anything else there. Is that still that 5%? Same as last one? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. So not too much, but I mean, it's a bigger can. Yeah. So what you got? I'm drinking a Cider Patch Punch Blue Raspberry. Is that like Sour Patch Kids? Yeah. A cider kind of Yeah. It's like a Cider Sour Punch. Or Cider Sour Patch Kids, yeah. Good God. It's actually pretty good. Oh, is it? It was 5% as well, I believe. Yep, 5%. Oh. Well, your can's not as big as mine. You bastard. Yeah. <laughs> But it's actually pretty good, yeah. Alright. I'll have to give it a try. I've seen it around, but I was like, hmm, maybe we'll try something different. Yeah, like, I was just in the store looking for something new, and I was like, ooh, Sour Patch Kids? Oh, Cider Patch Punch. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, it, the logo almost looks like Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, it's got the colors for it. Yeah. Looks just like it. So I was like, I'll give it a try. It's actually pretty good. You know, I think that's the thought I first had, too, when I first saw them. I was like, Sour Patch Kids. Oh, wait, that's a cider. Sour Patch. Patch Punch. Patch, yeah. What the fuck ever. <laughs> yep. Yeah, now back to Boston Strangler. <laughs> back to the Boston Strangler. Which. You know, if I was well, thinking, I would have got Samuel Adams. Sam- oh, for Boston? <laughs> Your cousin. From, from Boston. Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. I thought of that yesterday and didn't make it to Walmart. Oh, that's all right. Anywho, covering the Boston Strangler, which revolves around between 19... Oh, my gosh. Between June 14 of 1962 and January 4th of 1964 was a spree of killings of 13 women to yeah. age from 19 to 85. Jesus. In she Chicago? Was... In Chicago, Boston? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago, Massachusetts. Mm. Yeah. Boston. All around the Boston area where common theme was being sexually assaulted the murdered most often times with articles of victims own clothing damn 
like they're strangled. Yeah. Just in case that wasn't implied. <laughs> you know. Boston Strangler, you know, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Fuck, I would have never guessed the sexual assaulting part, so. No? Uh-uh. No way. I don't think I could ever sexually assault an 84-year-old. Wait, what? Did you say any four-year-old? 84. 84-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that any I, age lower is on no. docket. I mean, it's not like I want to go sexually assault somebody, but I just don't see how anybody can sexually assault an 84-year-old. A senior citizen? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I've never seen a good-looking 84-year-old. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. I guess, I guess. Everybody's attractive in their own right. Except these killers. Because that's not attractive. Yeah. Nobody likes a bad boy. <laughs> Alright, timeline. Timeline. So it all started on the June 14, 1962, when Anna uh, Sleesers. Slessers, I don't know how it's her name, S-L-E-S-E-R-S. Yeah, sounds good enough to me. Good enough? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Who, I didn't even seem to put her age. Why didn't I do that? Ah, yes. She was a 55-year-old divorcee who, decade later, fled the country of Latvia with her son and daughter and settled her in a small apartment in a quiet old-fashioned neighborhood in the back bay area of Boston. So, it was estimated around on that day that she had just finished dinner and gave herself some time to have a quick bath before her son come to pick her up for church service that day. Oh, that's nice. He would never see her alive again. Because huh. he came to pick her up and knocked on her door. There was no answer. And when he like, finally got in, he found her body on the floor. So he called the police. Was she sleeping? Was she sleeping? <laughs> I'm sorry to say, son, but she was murdered. <laughs> so... <laughs> So when the police got there, saw her lying in the bathroom with the cord of her robe wrapped around her neck. Okay, so her head laid a few feet from the open bathroom door. Her left leg stretched straight toward them. The other flung completely wide, almost at a right angle. So it was like, Jesus. like spread out and all that. Like, not a good look you want to have when your body's laying on the floor. Was she closed? Closed. Um, no. Most of these victims were found nude. Jesus. Except for, obviously, in this case, her robe, which is, which was found tied, like, very tightly around her neck. You know, like, strangles the legs, gotta be tight. And a common theme in all these is they'd be wrapped around the throat into this, like, shitty bow tie. Mm. You tie a bow around these people's necks 
and they also discovered that the apartment had been completely ransacked. You know, like, something you expect to see when there's, like, a burglar or something. Yeah. Comes in, like, looking for shit. But in this case, all of her valuable stuff are pretty much still in there. Like, maybe nice. open the sea and all that, but nothing was missing that was of real value yeah. to anybody. So it was pretty much thought it was being to look like. Yeah. You know, somebody broke in, found her there, did all of this, and left. So then it was a couple weeks later, on June 30th, that a 68-year-old Nina Nichols was murdered in her apartment at 1940 Commonwealth Avenue in Brighton area of Boston. The apartment looked like it had been also burglarized. Nice. Burglared. You've been burglared. <laughs> Something to say. She was found with her legs spread, her robe, and slip. I don't know what a slip is. Is that some I, kind of... Isn't that... I mean, I don't actually know, but I, I can picture it as like that nightgown that they always wear in the movies. Oh, I guess. That, like like silk, the thin cloth? Yeah, that silk looking one. Right. That makes sense. Well, it was pulled up up to her waist. When they found her body, so the rest mm. of it was like nude and flag, flags, legs flayed everywhere. Flayed. Yeah, a flag. <laughs> Coined a new term in this episode. Tied tightly around her neck were two of her own nylon stockings, which that would become a very common thing in the rest of these murders as well. Damn. Use their own stockings to strangle them to death. Okay, if she was going to bed in her. What did you say it was? The slip? The slip nightgown? We'll call it nightgown. Yeah. Why would you wear stockings to bed? Well, you probably just had stockings around. Oh, I mean, yeah. It okay. is your apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't leave my stockings around. You leave your stockings on? Is that what you're no, saying? No, I don't leave my stockings laying around. Oh. You mean where you... Don't live? I don't know. They're probably in the <laughs> apartment with them. I keep my stockings out in the car. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> and she was sexually assaulted. I figured. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny stuff. But I mean, uh, Yeah. <clears throat> Told you I was going to be scatterbrained for this one. So it was... The very same day, about 15 miles north of Boston, in a suburb of Lynn, wherever that is, a Helen Blake met a similar death, sometime between 8 and 10 a.m. The 65-year-old divorcee had been strangled with one of her nylons as well, of course. You said 65? 65. Jesus. Yeah. Pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> Not too old, I guess. I don't know. I like 80 or something, but... Yeah, I know. Still don't know any good-looking 65-year-olds either, though. <laughs> You're going to upset all the old people listening to us. <laughs> Send pictures. <laughs> <laughs> we'll post that on Twitter. Send nudes. Yeah. <laughs> 15 plus. 
<laughs> no, 60 plus. Oh. Model fours, why don't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Prove us wrong. How old's Jennifer Aniston? Like 50 something? He's like, yeah, 50 something. I don't know, like 52, 55. Mm. I'm just like, I'm guessing. She here. still looks good. Yeah. You'll betcha. Yeah. So, Helen was obviously found with her neck tightly strangled with yeah. stockings and also tied in a bow. Hmm. And also found at this scene that, ready for this? Yeah. Both her vagina and anus had been lacerated. But there was no sign of sperm. Oh, okay. I was thinking, like, cut. Yeah, that's what lacerated means. Oh. He cut the... So he just... He cut the private bits, but then didn't, like, get off of it. Yeah. Or I guess, in a way, they do get off of it because they do it. It's a sense of excitement for these kind of killing people. But this guy didn't, you know, like... Yeah, he didn't do anything to it. He didn't come. <laughs> he didn't come everywhere. God, that'd be gross. This is bad. Oh. She was found laying face down nude on her bed with her legs spread apart. So, yeah. <laughs> I was just having a mental picture. <laughs> you laughing about that? <laughs> I just having a mental picture of that. <laughs> Why don't you take a mental picture? Yeah, it's not... Oh, oh. It'd be a bad scene. Oh, like, the cop yeah. finding that, the first one. Oh, like, shit. You just walk in, this old lady just sitting there, whoop, spread eagle for you. But she's dead. And everything is cut up down there. It's like, oh. I think I'd throw up. You know, that's kind of a question, I think. Like, all these... You walk into a murder scene like this, right? You're the first one there, and you see it all. Do you, do you throw up? Like, not in what's the kind room. of mental process going through like those moments? Yeah, not in the room. Pretty sure they're not allowed to like throw up in the actual crime scene area. Well, I mean, you can't really control it, but well, yeah, yeah, I don't no. think they did advocate for you. Like, yeah, just throw up if you have to. But I think, I feel like you could have enough time to, like, turn out of that room and throw up in the. Other room? I suppose. I mean, the other room? You gotta get out of the apartment or something? I mean, that'd be the best, but... Because the whole place is basically a crime yeah. scene at that point. But I think as long as you're not doing it in the room that she's act- actively in... Yeah. I think it would be better. Not best, but... <laughs> better? Throw up in the toilet or kitchen sink or something yeah. like that? Unless there's stuff in yeah. those areas. Bloody knife in the sink. <laughs> Actually, there is a murder that involves that kind of scenario. Not the throwing up, but oh, bloody knife, knife in the, in the sink. sink. Nice. So yeah, a guy throwing up in the sink with the bloody <laughs> knife. It probably wouldn't be the best look for you on the PD. No shit. <laughs> be awful. So... Yeah, basically with those murders, the kind of Boston police were kind of like, oh shit, kind of got a killer on our hands. So you'll know. 
What? Now he's a serial killer. He's killed three victims. Is it three? Yep. Or is it four? I always nope, think it's three. four. It's three. Like four in a certain, not a certain, I guess, but a time period. No, no just three. Just three? Yep. Mm. That's why I always seen the sign, um, it only takes three kills. Like, it's like one of those emotional, like, inspirational quotes shits. Oh, with the shitty fucking photo background or something like that? No, like, this one's, like, uh, etched or stitched into a pillow. Oh, yeah? And it says it only takes three to become a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, too, you're all good. Or yeah. even one. No, strive for three. Right? <laughs> strive, strive for three. <laughs> you're gonna go down. Go down for good shit. <laughs> Go big or go home. Let's do three. <laughs> oh, man. We don't actually condone murder on this show. Just, you know. No. We talk about serial killers. Fascinated by them. But we don't empathize with them. No. These people are assholes who don't deserve anything. By any means. But we will expect... At least three kills from you, Devin, from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> on my deathbed. On your deathbed? Yeah. You're going to kill three people <laughs> on your deathbed? Go around starting plugging machines. <laughs> <laughs> so your end game is to get in the hospice. <laughs> and you're like, it's my time to shine. Can <laughs> yep. you shit to me now. <laughs> oh my God. We'll call you the hospice killer. That's perfect. Yeah, for like two minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm You're going to be a spree dying. killer, not a serial killer. Yeah. I'm dying. <laughs> what you fuckers going to do? Kill me? Yeah. Something like that? <laughs> My God. I can just see you just crawling around. Dude. <laughs> I'd have a wheelchair. Just unplugging everything. <laughs> A plugging machine. Sir, are you okay? Yeah? How about now? How about now? <laughs> wow. You're like the morbid version of Oprah. You get off life support. You get off life support. We all get off life support. <laughs> Just gonna turn off the power to the whole fucking body. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Police were on high alert at that point, warning all women, you know, be careful out there. I don't know why I did that with some kind of stupid-ass accent, but I did. And they... I hate that. And they started investigating, you know, known sex offenders and violent mental patients out there and all that. Nice. Like, who is this guy? So after investigating all these, you know, lovely sex offenders and deranged people. Yeah. The killings continued on August 19 when a 75-year-old Ida Erga, a very shy and retiring widow, had fallen victim to the strangler. She was found two days later in her apartment at 7 Grove Avenue in the Boston's West End. I don't know why I had to say it like that. Yeah, you know they're not British, right? Was it British? 
I don't I even know. Like it. I was just doing something. <laughs> it was just something, okay? <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> okay. And, you know, just like the other deaths, strangled to death. A bit of sexual assault there. Was she actually sexually assaulted or was her ass in vagina cat too? Um, no, just looks like sexual assault. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just sexual assault. Just, jeez. That's better than getting... That's to be a bad sentence when you say just sexual assault. I think that'd be better than getting your ass in a vagina cut, but... I suppose. I mean, she died either way, too. I mean, yeah. And then, within 24 hours of Ida's death, a 60... A 67-year-old nurse named Jane Sullivan was killed in her apartment at a 435 Columbia Road in Dorchester. I don't know where that is. Mm-mm. Somewhere in Boston. Probably. So, like, completely across town, apparently. So she had been found 10 days after she was killed. So the police found her on her knees in her bathtub with her feet up over the back of the tub and head underneath the faucet. She had been strangled with her own stockings. That's what I was looking for. Possibly in the kitchen or the bedroom or hall where there was blood found on the floors. Jesus. Yeah. So it was around this point that you got a bit of a breather, you know? Killer didn't strike for three months. Mm. Dorchester's on the south end of Boston. I guess not south. How fucking big is Boston? Jesus Christ. It's a pretty big city, isn't it? Yeah. There's Dorchester Bay, so it's on the bay. Oh, okay. Or is it dead? Whatever that is. So, it was then, though, on December 5th, of 1962 that a Sophie Clark a very popular and attractive 21 year old African American it's an African American student at the Carnegie Institute of Medical Technologies was found by her two roommates at this 315 Huntington Avenue in the Back Bay Area a couple of blocks away from when from where Anna Slesser's apartment was. So it's mm. around the same area as the first killing. Nice. So it was found that Sophie lay nude with her legs sprayed wide apart in the living room, strangled by three of her own stockings, which had been knotted and tied very tightly around her neck. Jesus. Another bow tie kill. So there was evidence of sexual assault in this one as well. But here there was bunch of cum found on the rug right beside her body and with this it kind of you know threw a wrench in all the investigating because up until this point all the victims were a part of like a type you know yeah older white females with just the strangling mostly just the stranglings and sexual assault now it was a young African-American woman living with people that was also, you know, strangled, but there was evidence of, you know, 
semen at the crime scene now. Mm. So it's like a whole lot different than what's been. Yeah. And then about three weeks after, a 23-year-old Patricia, Patricia Bissett, um, she was a secretary for a Boston engineering firm, was discovered on Monday, December 31st in 1962. They found her face up in bed with the covers drawn up to her chin, looking like she was taking a nap. Underneath the covers, she lied there with several stockings knotted and interwoven with a blouse tied tightly around her neck. Huh. There was evidence of sexual assault, and she was also in early stage pregnancy. Isn't that sad? Damn. That sucks. wonder why he had remorse for this one. Remorse? Yeah. yeah. To cover know. her up like that? Yeah. Like make it look like she's sleeping. Yeah. You know. There was also signs of damage to her rectum. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> My asshole is bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also an interesting part. It did differ from the other ones too, didn't it? Yeah. Because it showed a bit of signs of remorse. Because he covered her up instead of just leaving her. So then in early March of 1963, about 25 miles north of Boston, a 68-year-old Mary Brown was found beaten to death in her apartment. She had also been strangled and raped. This one's less attributed to the main, what's called the 11 official Boston Strangler murders. Mm Mm-hmm. But it fits around the same thing that they included it mostly. And also on Wednesday, May 8th of 1963, a Beverly Salmons, S-A-M-A-N-S. That sounds good to me. I guess. A 23-year-old graduate student had missed choir practice at her church. So a friend went to check up on her and didn't receive an answer found their way into the apartment and found Beverly. Where was she? Oh. Dead. <laughs> Where was she? Where was Beverly? <laughs> Don't always ask where is Beverly, not, not how, how is Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they found her with like being strangled and stuff. But, actually, she was murdered by being stabbed in the throat four times. Hmm. That is a big difference. Yeah. So, she had sustained 22 stab wounds in all. 18 of which were made in, like, a bullseye design on her left booby. <laughs> her heart. Her left breast. Her heart. Sure. When I looked up, it said <clears throat> left breast. Oh, okay. okay. But you guess your heart is more towards the middle, kind of. Right is here. It? More like, I guess. But yeah, it made a bullseye with stab wounds and then... Hmm. You know, cutting the throat like four times. Maybe it wasn't him. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to it. Anyway, the police were pretty much desperate 
or like a clue to find this guy, whoever he is. And so along the way, they somehow enlisted the help of a Paul Gordon, a copywriter who had also claimed to have ESP. Hmm. You know what that is? Yeah. He's a psychic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he started <laughs> working with the police and he gave a description of what he thought was the killer. Nice. And so they kind of, police kind of tracked this description to a guy who was at a mental institution who was given free reign around the grounds and who the psychic described personally pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Like, Might be him? No. Wasn't him. Huh. Because it was also found out that the psychic kind of visited that like hospital days before uh. he contacted police. So it was like, okay. Okay, buddy. Yeah. Making this shit up. That's why you don't trust in psychics. I don't know. I think it would be called the other one. Just hear what they say. Do you hear what they say? Yeah. But then at some point you're going to like take it as like, you know, almost fact, you know. Like he did say this and this kind of happened. So maybe it's actually true. And really most of the time they just give you like the most general kind of description yeah. shit. Like, oh my god, it happened. Well, it's easy to read people like that. It's like a fortune cookie. Yeah. Great fortune will come to you soon. Oh my god, I found a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> you get mugged for it a week later. <laughs> that shit. <laughs> want my dollar back, bitch. Sight, <laughs> take it. I watched you. Took it. Where was I? <laughs> the psychic. Uh... Yeah, it's psychic. So that didn't really fall out through. So it was around September 8th of 1963 in Salem. Then Evelyn Corbin, a 58-year-old divorce... Divorce... What the fuck? Deforestation? Divorcee. Oh, divorcee. <laughs> Deforestation. <laughs> So she was living alone, obviously. She was found murdered. Fuck. That was my phone. She had been strangled with the two... She had been strangled with two of her own stockings, of course. Nice. She lay across the bed face up and nude. Her underpants had been stuffed into her mouth as a gag of sorts. Nice. Around the bed were lipstick marked tissues that had traces of semen as well. Ew. Gross. And a bunch of sperm that was found in her mouth, but in her vagina. So she was thought to have been coerced into like... Giving a blowjob. Yeah, before she was strangled. Hopefully before she was strangled. What do you mean hopefully? <laughs> she had to go through that... <laughs> Or she would have been a fucking body nonetheless. I don't know. Just necrophilia. You don't see necrophilia being a kid. I think that's worse than killing, honestly. I mean, not worse. Not worse, worse, but... Really? 
It's fucking disgusting. Well, it is, yeah. It's definitely gross. I guess as long as she's still warm, it doesn't matter. <laughs> she's still giving off heat. That's good for my meat. Yeah. Something like that. God. Ashamed of myself for coming up with that. All right. So, it was then on November 23rd of 1963 that a, a Joan or a Joanne, I think it's a Joanne, J-O-A-N-N. Yeah, that'd be that'd Joanne. Be Joanne. Hi, Joanne Fabrics. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you get straight in your mind? Oh, my God. Never thought of that. <laughs> a Joanne Graff was raped and murdered in her apartment. Yeah. So basically the stuff that happened to her pretty much matched along with these other ones. Strangled, <laughs> bow tied around the neck. Mm-hmm. It was a little over a month later on January 4th of 1960... What? Yeah, it was on January 4th of 1964 that... Two women came home after work to their apartment to find that their new roommate, 19-year-old Mary Sullivan, was found dead. Damn. Like the other victims, she had been strangled. First with a dark stocking, and then over the stocking, a pink silk scarf tied with a huge bow under her chin. So... She was found with a bright, happy New Year's card placed right at her feet. And she was in a sitting position on her bed. And a thick liquid was found dripping from her mouth Ew. onto her chest. Thought to be cum. So yeah, that's pretty gross. And it's pretty easy to tell if it's cum. Is it white? Well, I mean... <laughs> if it's not yeah, white... I imagine the detectives <laughs> going in is like, What's that? <laughs> take her, take her pinky and be like, <laughs> you guessed it, Daniels. It's cum. It tastes like pineapple. What could it be? <laughs> Why don't you give a taste? Second opinion. It's a little sour. I don't think there's pineapple in there. <laughs> keep, keep going to that. Get, get like three different guys <laughs> tasting it. <laughs> It's like cheese dip or something. <laughs> Is that queso she's got? <laughs> I've been starving. <laughs> this killer's got a bad diet. <laughs> I can taste the grease in this cum. <laughs> and there was a broomstick handle that had been rammed three and a half inches inside her vagina as well. Oh, God. Yeah. Not a good scenario. Finding that would be a nightmare. Imagine getting a splinter. From that? Yeah. I can't imagine. Because I don't have a vagina, but... Oh, as they said rectum. <laughs> no, it was in her vagina. Okay. I mean, it's still bad. Yeah. Just not as bad. <laughs> what? Yeah, imagine getting three and a half inches of a fucking broomstick up your ass. 
Yeah, that'd suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. It was on then March 17th of 19... Oh, wait, no. My bad. Mary Sullivan was the last official death. Oh. Oh, I see. So, backtrack a little bit. The police had... In 1961, uh, police caught a man breaking into homes where he was commonly given the name The Measuring Man because his gimmick was knocking (laughs) on doors, getting women to measure, you know, for like, hey, I'm for a modeling agency. Oh, yeah. We would take measurements of you and we'll get back to you. And so some people fell for it, took measurements, you know, like, get real up close with them, leave, get nothing back. And they're like, hey, I don't think this guy's from a modeling agency. (laughs) So they contacted police about him. So he didn't steal shit? Hmm? He didn't didn't steal steal shit? shit. He just went and measured a bunch of women? He just measured a bunch of people. So they gave him the moniker, the measuring man. And they eventually caught him. This gentleman's name was an Albert DeSalvo. Hmm. Was he a dressmaker? No. Oh. He was a 29-year-old man with numerous arrests for breaking into apartments and stealing petty cash. Hmm. So he had a long history of bla- blaking, breaking into places, stealing things. But no, he worked as a press operator in a rubber factory. Oh, nice. On this point. So, yeah, he had admitted into breaking into hundreds of apartments and confessed to a couple of rapes. Jesus. Something that's like, jeez. He said he had assaulted some 300 women in a four-state area. I mean, that's a lot of women, but... DeSalvo was described as a guy who liked to, you know, be the one-up, you know? Mm, yeah. But like, I did this or whatever. I did this better. I did yeah. more. And all that. He liked to do that. Like the attention seeker. Yeah. But he was sent to a Bridgewater State Hospital for observation. Where eventually he would confess to... All of the 11 official Boston Strangler murders. Hmm. So they kind of sat him down to like interrogate him and stuff. And then... In this confession, though, the weird part is he was like told to remember the murders and stuff. He described them in such detail that it's like almost impossible for him not to know. Like, he got it down to the fucking color of the furniture and clothes around. Damn. Like, everything in these places. He described the murders like to a T. Like, stuff they didn't release to the public at all. Yeah. So, yeah, that basically put it in the mind's eye of, you know, the public. Like, this is the killer. Yeah, definitely. This is the Boston Strangler. So... Yeah, in court, the jury 
thought about it for about four hours and they found DeSalvo guilty of all counts and he was sentenced to life in prison. So it was there. Well, he served there and then he was transferred out to a Walpole State Prison where he was eventually stabbed in the infirmary on November of 1973. By a nurse? No, by inmates. Oh. Nobody knew who stabbed him. I bet it was a nurse you blamed it on inmates. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure thing. Like, you took my measurements once, you fucker. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, commonly put that Albert DeSalvo was the Boston Strangler. Mm-hmm. But the problem was... The controversy is, yeah, he remembers all this shit. He has a bunch of details, but there's not a single bit of physical evidence linking him to any of these murders. So they didn't take his DNA and the DNA of the sperm found on the... You know, I wasn't able to get too far. I think there's like something about testing his body for the DNA. And I read some... Read... Something about it matching to one of these cases. Mm, they probably just had him come into a cop, looked at both gums. Yep. <laughs> Same consistency. <laughs> Salsa. Now, it's what do you taste that? <laughs> Whoops. Well, definitely no pineapple on this one. <laughs> what have you been feeding this guy? You need to know. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise... At the majority of these cases, there's no physical evidence linking him there. Hmm. And a bunch of eyewitnesses. Yeah. And a few of these, because there are cases where, like, people see this guy knocking on doors and, like, looking for this person. Like, the day these people were murdered. Hmm. And none of them matched the Salvo's description. But it's also a common thought that it's not just a Boston Strangler, it's Boston Stranglers. Oh. You know? Yeah. Like, possibly there's more than one killer, because obviously the M.O.s don't match up. No. Some of these, obviously. There's the older victims, and then there was younger victims. Yeah, and then there was the stabbed one. Yeah, there was stabbings, and then there was just the plain out genital mutilations and all that. Yeah. And then other ones where hmm. it's just, you know... Sexual assault and then stranglings. Yeah. So it's also a pretty common thought, which I think I kind of agree with, that it was more than just one person involved. Yeah. These things. Like, there might have been some attributed to one, and then, like, there was a copycat or Yeah, I could definitely see a copycat happening. Did that, too. So, basically, it's pretty much that for the Boston Strangler. Hmm. I mean... Other than that, people keep researching and all that. That'd be good. Look into it, people. Is it just him? Or is there more people? Yeah. Involved? Where are the rest of the killers? Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> Go test where that comes. <laughs> Ugh. Dip it like chips and salsa. Well, that's about it. Nice. So you got a fact? Yeah, I do have a fact. It's on my phone. Yeah, your phone's clear over there. It's on the floor. 
I'll go first then. You do it. Do it. Do it. So the Premier League, which is the soccer league in England. Oh, yeah? It started in 1992. The first game was in August 15th of 1992. Which I thought it would have been older than that. Yeah. Yeah, like, Liverpool started in 1892. Man City was 1888, I believe. There's one team, 1887. Like, a lot of these teams that play in it are fucking old. Old? Yeah. Like, from Just the 1800s. Just the league itself? Yeah. Huh. Which, there's probably different leagues back then. I'd imagine. I mean, there has to be, like, a... Fucking hundred different leagues. Yeah, there's quite a few. Anywhere in soccer. Well, I'm sorry. Football. Football. Yeah. Some football. The world sport, I think it's called. The what? The world sport. Yeah. It's the world's most popular sport. Yeah. Except here. Nobody cares about soccer here. No. Nobody cares about football here. Yeah. <laughs> All we give a shit is all the criminals in American football. (laughs) But we'll leave that to another episode. Alright. Did you know that you lose a good sized percentage of your taste buds while flying? Flying? Yeah, like in an airplane. You're on a flight. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. No, I'm just (laughs) going towards describing it. I'm not (laughs) placating you for being dumb or anything. That's crazy. I would have never guessed. Yeah, it says, it says, well, apparently, like, around 30,000 feet, you know, the common depth, jeez, the common height for, like, commercial airplanes, you lose up to, like, 30% of, like, cents and, like, Sweet and salty stuff, you lose like a good chunk of sensitive sensitivity mm. to that kind of stuff. So, do you get that those taste buds back when you land, or? Yeah, <laughs> you'll gradually get your taste buds back. Uh-oh. Oh my gosh! If so you didn't that... from flying, I'd be so crazy. Is that why they always say airplane food tastes like shit? Pretty much, I'm huh. guessing. That's why, because well, your taste buds are less sensitive. Yeah. At that height, so it's like airplane food is shit or something. Next time you're ever right, at a comedy show. Everyone's always eating peanuts and salty shit. Next time you're at a comedy show and you hear, how about that airplane food? You're like, yeah, it's because you have no taste buds, you dick. <laughs> yeah, push up your glasses. You're like, well, actually. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> They're trying their hardest, you piece of shit. <laughs> you gotta be a chef on the plane. That's so my hardest. They don't have chefs on planes. Do they? Big ones? What do you mean? Commercial like, flights? Like, if you have a plane ride from... They have food, but... <laughs> let's say California to London. You don't think they'd have... Food? Chefs? I mean, not chefs. I said chefs. I mean, I know they have food. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to starve you. <laughs> no. What are they going to do next? Uninstall the bathrooms? <laughs> That'd be a fucking nightmare. No shit. Which I usually don't piss on a flight. I've only been in 
in an airline bathroom once. I've never actually went to the bathroom. We were on, landed. Like less handful of flights I've ever been on. Yeah, we were landed though, and like the plane just sat in the fucking runway forever. Like you guys just sitting on there. Yeah. Just waiting. We had to wait for a plane to pull out of the oh out of the uh, terminal. terminal. Wow. And like they kept telling all these all these people kept getting up and going to the bathroom like hey like <laughs> sit down. <laughs> so finally, as soon as I. They're like, oh yeah, you guys can get up. I fucking ran to the airline bath, the airplane bathroom in the back because I was like, I'm sitting towards the back of the plane. It's gonna be a while till I get off, and I'm about to piss my pants. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, I think they shut off water after they land because. But it didn't flush. No. <laughs> Luckily, I just had to piss. But yeah, no, Uh-oh. I went to go flush them. Oh, that's weird. I went to go wash my hands. The water. I'm like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> That's fucking gold. Next person who goes in the bathroom is going to see your piss just sitting in, in the bowl. That's awesome. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. How about the airline food? <laughs> yeah. Now you know. The more you know. If somebody ever says that line, tell them to go fuck themselves. You know, majority of people don't think it's funny anyway. Oh, no. You're like, fuck you. <laughs> you don't know our problems. Yeah. Wow. Well. That's it. That's it. That's us. Um, Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter. X. <laughs> <laughs> go follow us on X. Yeah. God, that's so stupid. Feels like we're pushing people to subscribe to a porn site. No shit. I I always <laughs> thought like when it first came up, I always seen I'm like, I didn't know I put porn on my phone. <laughs> like what the fuck is this? Like I saw these stories on like Reddit or something. Like people like posted on like Twitter or something. Like caught my however year old with this app on their phone. Yeah. It's just the X. It's like beat the shit out of them. It's like oh my god, it's just Twitter. <laughs> yep. But yeah, go follow us on social media and keep listening. Yep. No matter what. Yeah. <laughs> Ready for a beer? Yeah, let's get more beer. <laughs>